This is Ra Ra Room Radio Podcast with OG Willikers. We're kicking off the new year with a fresh new episode featuring Nate Larson, representing Taos, New Mexico. He's an international beat battle champion, amazing MC, talented promoter, audio engineer, and has toured and played many, many shows around the country. Last year, he released a full-length album and also got heavy in the beat battle circuit. We're going to talk about the inspiration behind his new album, what got him into battling, and how he got started making music to begin with. But before that, let's listen to the title track off of his latest rap album, Fresh Air. Poor kids know, oh, fresh hair, I love what you did to me, feel the freedom of the life in the kingdom of peace, can you lead me to the block, pick of the lock, it's nothing new, it came to me as a kid, oh now I'm kicking the cap off for you, push progression in the face of the beast, if it wasn't for the fans I couldn't carry my feet, yeah, my motivation comes from props on the streets, if I didn't feel the love I would feel the Nate Larson. I'm a international beat battle champion, national touring hip hop artist, uh, producer, sound engineer, graphic designer, <laughs> uh, pretty much entrepreneur of hip hop, man, for 20 plus years. It'll be about 25 next year. So that kind of sums up my life. <laughs> Dang, man, that's, a, that's quite a list. 
Yeah. But so you got to learn how to do a lot of that stuff for yourself as an independent musician. So totally, bro. Well, I think that's part of why I connect with you is you know, I have I have like a a lot of titles as well. You know, like show promoter. Yeah. I mean, you you even have a lot of titles you didn't even just mention, but. Yeah. You do everything, you know, and we all got to do everything to to participate in this world uh, of hip-hop um, on this independent underground level. For sure. Well, sweet, man. And you're uh, you're based in Taos? Yep. Born and raised here. Born and raised? Uh, left for many, many years <laughs> with the band I was in for quite a while. <laughs> so you moved away to... Uh, to do music yeah so after high school the band I was in it was named Adrenaline um the bass player and the guitarist after high school they went to McNally Smith College of Music which is now Music Tech in the Twin Cities so uh we moved down there they moved down there first and then the rest of the band moved out and met them closer to the end of their schooling you know and then when they finished up with that after we were rehearsing and stuff we started gigging out in the twin cities for about seven or eight years um played shows with a lot of dope heads my bass player was our manager jordan maselli so he he was like a huge hip-hop head and that's that's not what got me into hip-hop but like that's definitely helped me stay in that band for so long is that weird because we did like prog rock funk hip-hop weird fusion stuff what did you play in the band i was the vocalist oh the vocalist all right so yeah i rapped and sang and that's a lot of where like my singing skill comes you know we started when we were young but didn't really like get serious about it till we were all out there and that's that's where i met carnage got to rock a lot of shows with him an idea and Christoph Crane, some of the Doomtree guys, like it so that we did that for like seven or eight years there. And then we moved to Portland, Oregon, and we had to change our name to Quixotic because of copyright issues. <laughs> which which actually is funny because after we split up and went different ways, we sold the name Quixotic to this like big band. So we made some dough off the name, at least. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, and then in Portland, we played shows with like the Chicharones, who's Sleep, and Josh Martinez, DJ Zone, who's Aesop Rocks DJ, phenomenal DJ, and a lot of like Portland cats out there. Um, and then after about four years there, we ended up splitting up and going separate ways and uh i stuck around in the northwest for a while and then i moved back to taos and that was about eight or nine years ago and since then i've just been trying to build the hip-hop scene here and don't know where it's gonna go if i move (laughs) but uh yeah that kind of sums it up that's cool because i've never really gotten to hear that full story i think i've heard little bits you've told me that's why i like the podcast because a lot of the people i work i can like sit down and talk to you about things that you know normally when we're chatting it's like we're in the middle of a show someone's about to go on it's late like you know whatever there's always a major distraction so it's fun to 
kind of like I've been looking forward to this talk because I was like, all right, cool. We'll fill out some of the blanks I have on <laughs> yeah. on what you're about and where you come from. So that's dope, man. That's so cool. So you have quite a bit of experience uh, uh, as far as being in a group. And, and Yeah, for sure. So how does it feel? I don't, to, know. To... I don't know that I could have this like band that wasn't run like a like an actual business now you know what i mean like i would have to pay musicians to do things that i wanted them to and stuff like that i couldn't get into like this big group thing like let's just go for it type deal you know it's a lot harder dealing with when you have a bunch of opinions and well and you're older you're wiser you know and it's like communication gets weird you know our band our band Quixotic was really good at like constructive criticism and like handling it, you know, like if we're in a practice session and one of us felt some, some way about something, we were good at just being like, yo, we need to change this and not get hurt. You know, the first few years it was kind of like touchy, but after we were together for a long time, almost 10 years. So at the end of it, it was just like, I don't like that guitar part, change it. And my guitarists would be like, okay. Or they'd be like, I don't like those vocals, change it. And I'd be like, okay. You know, there was never like argument at that point. I felt yeah. like we learned how to filter ourselves pretty well. I feel like uh, I was in a lot of bands when I was younger. Uh, ever since I did, like the OCC is kind of like a band, but not quite. Because <laughs> all, we all independently make our own music and then we showcase it together is kind of how yeah. how that works. Like, I make my music, you make your music. Yeah, we'll make some music together, but it's not like a band where like you have to make every decision about every song as a group. Yeah, and, that's true. And, uh, man, I never had a band last more than... I, I was in a lot of bands, and we'd always... We'd have a... We'd, like, make write our first set list, you know, the first songs we wrote, and we'd perform those and... And then we'd go back and start working on a new batch of songs. And, uh, like, the bands always tend to, to fall apart after that. Like, we, we'd, we'd spend a lot of time writing. Then we'd become a gigging group. And then when it's time to go back and, and write more new music, we'd actually be writing probably the best music we'd ever done. But, like, the yeah. bands always fizzled at that point for me. And it always, yeah. It's, like, just the motivation and, and like, uh, momentum kind of, it's hard to keep that going with a group. I guess. Yeah, I totally get that. My band's last, the last album, we didn't record it ever. And some of those songs were so much, so much better than the songs on the first album. I was never really happy with our first album. A lot of people liked it, but I didn't like my vocals on it. Well, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that's that's one of my, one of the best you know, recordings I've ever yeah. had. I was in a rock band and I was the lead singer. And I was also the guitar player as a three-piece. And, uh, man, listening back to it, I mean, I was, like, 19. Yeah. And we went to a real studio, spent, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember how much we spent, but at the time, it felt like a lot of money, and we spent months working on it. And I listen to it now, and I'm like, damn. I what was, the fuck? I was, yeah. I, I loved the guitar, though. I was like, damn, I was, like, I... The instrumentals are sick, but then my voice would come in, and I'm like, "Oh man, I should have had him burn me a copy without the vocals." <laughs> but those files yeah. are long deleted off of his computer, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, man, it's it. You know, the more you progress, the more your ear defines things, and you realize, like, you can listen to like 
albums across the years and guarantee if you're a producer producing your own material the newer one's always going to sound better because you get better at everything you know what i mean right yeah mixing mastering just recording your gear has probably upgraded you know so it's like it really makes a difference like i listen to stuff like the first my first hip hop album when i started doing hip hop again after the album split up after the band split up i listen to that now and i'm like man these songs could be so good if i produce them now <laughs> you know right. what i mean yeah i feel that like i even have some old projects some old albums that i've that i did mix and master and record all by myself more than 10 years ago and I do every once in a while I get this idea in my head like I should open all those files up and remix and master that stuff again. But yeah. But then I'm like, no man, I got my own my album I'm working on now, like my new stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't have time to go back and fix my old stuff. Like I'm actually <laughs> currently uh going back and grabbing a couple tracks off of like every album up to fresh air. And I'm gonna do like a mix for just for pandora for streaming stuff that's non-sample based so i can get the royalties on the back end and stuff because i just I, I i mean i just finally registered with bmi god knows how much money i've lost in the last 10 years because i wasn't collecting royalties so i'm getting all this this whole covid time has given me time to get my head wrapped around the business side of it so yeah we're not distracted by the uh, the shows and and you and me i, I think yeah, we can relate it because we're crazy. both promoters as well yeah we're the we're yeah. the what was uh i had true justice on the show recently dj true justice and he was talking about the types and he was like there's this there's the rapper promoter and i was like oh, that's <laughs> that's me and that, that's you too <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm trying to get out of that though here and and i don't know my girl's going to school right now so once she gets her bachelor's, we might be moving to another state so she can get her master's somewhere else. So I'm not sure if I'm going to keep doing the promoting because Taos Mesa had a fire. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Yes. So and they're not they're not going to be doing music until probably the end of 2021. And I think it's going to all be outdoor amphitheater stuff. And I'm I'm pretty burnt out on promoting shows here. Like I'll definitely play a middleman and link people, but I'm like kind of done with the promotion thing. It's a lot to take when you're trying to push your own career forward, you know? Oh yeah. It's, um, it's kind of like, to... uh, someone needs to do it. it. It's like a job that's yeah. not really like, yeah. Like, I don't, I feel like it's a duty, like as, as being in the scene, like, like yeah. not necessarily my duty or your duty, but it's like exactly. someone has to do it. It's, yeah. That's kind of why I got back into promoting because I've promoted on and off since I was in high school, but yeah, if like I, my if last I run do. was because no one else was doing it. And I was, and we had people who used to do it and they stopped for, cause they got burnt out, you know? And I was like, yeah, Damn, I guess it's my turn cause no one's doing it. Yeah. And, and it's we hard need it. So <laughs> It's hard in small towns too. So, I was starting it's, to get burnout. I mean, I loved Brutat Boom Bap, and it really was rewarding for me to do. Um, yeah, I mostly lost money on it, but it was it wasn't about the money. It was about the building the scene, and it was doing such a good job. But it was a lot. Um, so when COVID hit, I kind of yeah, I didn't realize how stressful that 
was until the stress disappeared and i was like whoa i am yeah i'm not it's, all wound up <laughs> and that's that's awesome because it's like more local entities like i can't i can't do that in Taos. i can't just book new mexico artists you know it has to be someone with a big ass fucking <laughs> bill the name and like it's it's a pain here man well, the and brewery is a great venue, but it is kind of yeah. out there. It's not like you're not going to wander into it. Like, you have to go there on purpose. You know, Taos is hit or miss, man. Like, sometimes you can have 300 people at a show. Sometimes you can have one, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've had – I don't think I've like ever had 300 at the Mesa Brewery, but I've had pretty – I've left there, like, feeling like that was a dope show, great energy, a lot of people. Nice. And then I've also left some shows there, like – well, at least we uh, got some beers and had fun, you know, and got <laughs> yeah. to build with the homies. Like, That's pretty much it, how it is here. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, when I had first moved back, there was this woman living here, and she brought Grayskull. Uh-huh. And, and there was, like, maybe five or six people there. <laughs> I was glad they rocked. The first time True came through here was with Locksmith. And I promoted the shit out of that show. And the only people who really showed up were me and the naturalist. And maybe, I think Life, the MC might have been there. But they decided not to play that night. So we just we just canceled the show. <laughs> I've done that one. I, I think I, it was Gallup or, I I'm not sure where, but it was like a really low turnout show with uh, Casual. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a true crazy. justice. Uh, I don't know if it was slap frost. I think it was a slap frost. Yeah, I don't know, but it was a rough was turnout. And casual was like, nah. Was Zion and I in casual? Uh, no, was it wasn't. Casual? It was just casual. But he was cool. He came out and like talked to the people that were there, and like you know, I got to like chat with him, and and he was still cool. But he was just like, "There's nobody here. I'm not gonna rock." <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, man. Like you know how it is to like try and get pumped and get that energy on stage when there's like five people just looking at you with a dead stare you know and a lot of people blame the promoters for stuff like that and it's like that's the other reason why it sucks to be a promoter is because everything falls on you like yeah well artists artists have to promote themselves too and a lot of them don't think that way (laughs) you just can't guarantee results you know you do your best you get the word out there hope it does well and yeah don't that's promise the artist never... too much, otherwise you get screwed. <laughs> that's why I've never started a promotion company. <laughs> I am about to start an LLC for publishing, though, for uh, for like my beats and stuff, so I can get the back end on all the beats I sell. I see that, man. That's so I'm cool. Sick of not getting royalties, man. It, it's it's a huge thing. So. Yeah, I'd like to get into more of that uh, sync licensing. Are you you guys registered or are you registered with BMI or ASCAP? I'm registered with ASCAP as OG Willikers. And I know Fluid is as well. Cool, cool. I'm not completely sure about other members of the group. But uh, but Fluid and I did that like in 2018 when we were both finishing our records that year. So then we sat down and Then we'll be able to do... We'll be able to do like split sheets and stuff when we work on stuff in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's like the next level of stuff that has been ignored too long. Uh, yeah. In, in my world. Yeah, 
me too, man. J- jump on it. Because <laughs> there's a lot of money to be made off that stuff. And it's just sitting out there. Yeah. If you're, especially if you're like on streaming services and all that, like you might as well be collecting it. You've done everything except for that. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm heading right now as we speak. Well, um, so speaking of like streaming services, um, one thing I like to talk about with musicians who release on a somewhat regular basis, uh, is, you know, like your strategy as far as, streaming service or Bandcamp. um i know and i'm specifically saying this to you because i you've said this before and i've noticed like your latest album isn't on spotify and apple music i found more people will buy your music if you don't just give it to them you know what i mean so that's that's why i dropped fresh air on Bandcamp and only made like four songs streamable unless you purchased it so i give give them a little tease or give them that like new sound you know but like you can't just have this for free because it's too it's too easy like i find myself doing that like i want to support my homies and stuff but like some some artists like i can listen to their new album three or four times and be like that's good for a year before i revisit this you know what i mean so it's it just goes to the back burner in the brain and you just don't cop it. Right. So, so I mean, and I definitely, I had better sales with Fresh Air than any album. Like, they easily quadrupled what Rucko's music box was. And it, and I think it's just because I didn't give it to people for free, you know? Yeah, and so that's kind of, so I put out a record this summer um, called Retrospects. And yeah, it was, it's, I kind of followed that too. It's not on Spotify or any of the streaming services. I only put it on Bandcamp and I've been kind of featuring it as like a Bandcamp exclusive. But what I did do is I put two singles from that album onto Spotify and onto the streaming services. So it's like from that project, there is still new work out there that I did on the streaming services. And I guess kind of the idea is to be like, oh, you want to hear the rest of it? Yeah, that's exclusive. The full length is on the... Bandcamp, come Bandcamp, support it. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, it actually hasn't worked that well. Uh, maybe I didn't <laughs> put, push it enough. Uh, I mean, I did sell a few copies when I dropped it, but um, I feel like a release, you know, when you put something out, it has kind of a short life, depending on how you promote it. Yeah. And, uh, like it peaks sure. out after f- four or five days to a week, and then it kind of fades yeah. off, and then it's time to think about the next album. <laughs> and then it's like, you could have it for free now. <laughs> so, yeah, and I put that out That's... last summer, so I'm pretty much, I'm considering throwing it up on on there now and i had a friend hit me up he goes yo your new album's on spotify bro i don't mess with Bandcamp." and i'm like dude this isn't this isn't straight to video man like you gotta you gotta like yeah this is the premium stuff you gotta go to the theater to get it you gotta go get your ticket <laughs> yeah it's hard because like the average listener just doesn't they don't know how the music business works you know what i mean they know nothing about it so them streaming your music like they're supporting you, but they're not really supporting you. You know what I mean? Not unless they're listening to you on Spotify 24 7, 365. You're still not going to make what you make by selling a $5 album to them. Collecting the back end on royalties, you might be making a little bit more, but that's. But even that's then, 
yeah, yeah. But that's what people would always tell us at the uh on tour at the merch booth and landon says because landon's toured way more than i have and he's like man you'll get this every night people will come up they'll look at your album ask you how much it is say oh no i don't really have any money uh but dude i'm gonna stream it on spotify like dude i'm, I'm gonna get you so many streams on spotify and i remember landon being like rolling his eyes like oh cool thanks or you could like <laughs> help me eat <laughs> yeah yeah and you know like the uh so businesses pay like a blanket license like venues and radio stations and stuff like that so they those royalties go into like at the end of every quarter all those blanket licenses and stuff they put those together and they divide them into registered artists with like BMI or ASCAP. And what happens if you're not registered and your, your royalties are going into like a black box. And then at the end of every quarter, all those unspoken for royalties, they get dispersed amongst all the artists. So the artists who are getting the most streams, like these huge artists, like, fucking Beyonce and whatever, you know, like they're making most of that. So if you're not collecting your royalties, you're just supporting these crazy mainstream artists who are already making millions. So not only are you not getting it, but it's going to them. Yeah, that's, uh, that's just unacceptable. We have to get our money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) gotta collect it man like i'm i make music for the love but i also want it to support me eventually you know it's nine to five headache it's i think all of us have (laughs) really if we didn't see it before have now seen how how horrible the nine to five is (laughs) oh right for sure man uh that's definitely making music this last year kept me sane though um yeah that's why sure. I think I put out so much work. I think that was like I think I put like half the music I've ever put out was like in 2020. <laughs> I mean I'm exaggerating, but damn, I never did that many features and projects in one year before. Yeah, Fresh Air was definitely the longest I've taken on an album. It was two years, but um, I mean I I released like beat albums and stuff in between, but that was the longest I've worked on a full length album. Well, it's a dope album. I know when you put it out, we were talking about doing an interview, and uh, I, that that was on me. I didn't get us scheduled in until now. It took me a while. Oh, but, that's cool. But I'm happy to have. So it's not like the it didn't just come out. When when did it come out? A couple months ago. Um, September, end of September. Damn. Okay, so I'm four months late. <laughs> but but I mean, you still had. Uh, I mean, it's still a pretty fresh project as far as. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely my latest release besides that Beat Battle album I just dropped. All right, well, let's uh, let's play a track from your new album. Let's play another track. We started off with Fresh Air, but now let's do uh, something else. We can else. do Ace, Ace featuring Ekum 1536 and Landon Wordswell. Big fish in a middle pool. Yeah, so sick that it's cynical Gonna the beat like a dinner roll Whimsical syllables Make they hell feel invincible Cackle in the flow like a mad hyena Keep legends on their toes like ballerinas Old school soul rap cool patina Born to 
tone like Nina Elevate the cats, keep treating me right While putting others in the dirt when they unsheathe the knife But if you breathe this life and your speaker's right And you support your scene, you're a beam of light If you want the best, you can place your best That by the end of this track, we gain respect When we chuck a boulders, ain't nothing but that Said what you want is what you get What you Everybody blow just like everybody know From the sands to the lens, it's a champion of butter Woof, peace to break is and amen Well, I do it, that's what buddy get his roots from Evolution, evidence, venomous conclusion Always ready like a Betty, getting Getty When she hit is a beer, first we burn it to the core Hattie from the store, plus the rap herbivore Rap carnivore, eating whack connoisseur Relax as I saw it, now what say this is score Guru, kinda aura, in danger We gang stars, getting primo on the track Never need a second scratch unless his fingers on my back is Ace featuring Ekum 1536 from Potency and Landon Wordswell. Yeah, both fire spitters. Yeah. Yeah, you've been uh, kind of working tight with uh, Potency over the years. Yeah, you know, when I when I first back, moved back to Taos was in 2011, like late 2011, and I released an album, Tortellini Pillow, and life DMC was here and we're 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 lifelong friends, you know. We've we kind of met met early teens high school era in like cipher circles mm. in Taos. And you know, that was that was kinda where I had met Cesar too, Soy, the organic Hispanic. We all used to I mean, we were we were like the three kings of the fucking cipher circles in Taos in high school. That's so dope. like, if there was if there was a party, you know, and there was a cipher circle, one of us was probably in it, or all of us were in it. So, like, we've no, we've all known each other for a long time, and like, none of us were super close in high school. I think now that we're older, we're probably a little closer. <laughs> but uh, when I moved back, life was one of the one of the few people I s- still knew, and like would kick it with in Taos. So he introduced me to potency first time we came back. First time I hung out with potency, it was a crazy party. (laughs) 
at my dad's place. He like let me his place so I could party because that's where I was staying when I first came back. And uh, <laughs> it was just, it was crazy, man. We drank like crazy. Woke up. <laughs> I woke up to my dad pulling a bra out of one of the pots and pan cabinets and he like threw it at me. I was like on the pull out couch. Oh man. <laughs> He's like, what's this? And there's just like fifths across the counter and like we had a old vintage fridge full of beers was just taxed like it it was crazy but uh that was my first <laughs> meeting with them and since then we've all chilled out quite a bit <laughs> Dang. that's but, that um, wild but but yeah like after we worked together for a while we um we went on tours together for a few years there thing is things have kind of slowed down you know i'm still working with the naturalist on natural larceny projects and stuff he was he was out of it for almost a year there glad he's still with us but um yeah we're working on a new full-length album right now so yeah it's awesome and then ekim 1536 yeah, is a member and then you got life yeah, uh, yeah. we we actually have a a project called Robo Crayola. I'm not sure if you've ever heard it, but that's on my band camp. And we're, we talk about and like work here and there on the next Robo. I think we might have two or three tracks done for that, but that's a slower process. Cause there's so many people, you know, you know how that is communication and stuff. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on a lot of music that just needs a couple more things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's dope. And then on this same track, you have Landon Wordswell, who, I mean, he's, yeah. he's been on this podcast a couple of times. He's he's in her, he's been around New Mexico hip hop quite a bit over the years. Yeah. Well, uh, when I was in Portland in the Northwest, he was playing mad shows out there. We, I, we must have been like finding each other's shadows or something. I think I'm. We might have played one show with him. Well, we were out there, but we're both, my band and him were rocking that scene heavy for like a while. And I had never met him. I had heard his name. So when I met him in Taos, I think that was at one of your guys' shows. It, it was weird because it was like, we play with all the same people, you know. I mean, that's kind of how it is in the U.S. in general. But like, it's weird when you meet like so one of your friends mutual friends and like you both know people really well you know what i mean you kind of it's easier to click yeah for sure and he's he's a dope dope mc his new album is ridiculously good oh yeah i i was super i mean i knew it was gonna be good he always does good stuff but it was really good <laughs> yeah yeah those beats don avalar yeah, yeah i him. like his production style a lot him and Don are a good, good, good team, man. I actually got one of Don Avalar's beats. I might be using two for my Uncharted Jesso album. So nice. that should be dope. I, I already wrote one. It's about my grandfather who passed away like a month and a half ago. Oh, man. Sorry. But, um, but yeah, that, that one's coming out pretty good. Pretty good. But that album will be cool because it's on everyone else's production. Denada will be on there, which you produced. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool. That was cool when you dropped that. That was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah, I I needed to drop something. 
and now I'm like, I'm ready to drop a lot of stuff. So <laughs> they did, but like you say, it just needs a little more work in there to top them off. Yeah, sometimes it's those the little last touches that take the longest, though. <laughs> yeah, fresh air. I mean, I w- I've been pretty much done with fresh air for since last year almost. You know what I mean? Like, I was last year when I was touring with Carnage in September, I was playing half of the tracks that were on there. Yeah, so, well, well, that track, sar- Sarcophagus, I was going through some older tracks oh, yeah. and i had realized you'd sent me a copy of it uh like the beginning of a the long year yeah that's an old one too but it didn't and have flow fader on it yet you i think i had the version uh, before flow huh. fader huh. because i because i hit you up remember because i was doing the playlist for radio, play. for radio yeah. and i was like do you have any tracks that i'm making this playlist <laughs> for radio and you sent me some stuff and i found that track way later and i was like oh crap this is sarcophagus, but it, it was different. I'm pretty sure it didn't have the DJ cuts. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that song went through many stages. I actually waited for like a year and a half before Life got his verse laid down on it. <laughs> just, you know, it's we were verse, though. This wasn't coming together, but eventually it did, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to sound like. And then top it off with Flo. Flo's, Flo's an amazing DJ. He's one of the tightest DJs I've ever heard him, him and DJ zone are probably the tightest scratch DJs I've ever heard. True's really dope too. But, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm honored to have flow back with me, back me up sometimes, you know, it's, that's it's the, it's the double trouble, you know? Yeah. Well, you brought him out. <laughs> When we had you at the Brutat Boom Bap, you brought him as your DJ, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. And we we might have practiced twice together. <laughs> that's, I think like, that's when I met him, because I I've, I've knew of him forever, but I think you actually introduced me. I think we've practiced more playing live shows than practiced rehearsed. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we we click well. He's a good... He's he's just natural you know he can go with the flow and tear anything up so that's dope that's dope um who else was on fresh air uh feature wise Uh, i know you have a lot and i don't have it in front of me uh miles Miles bonnie and his wife shore that's a dope track too that was one of the singles he released before the album yep carnage the executioners on there that's right um Michael Mayo, who's this jazz singer. Um, Sleep's got a hidden verse at the end of it. Oh, right. Oh, you did. You put in the hidden verse. Yeah. What inspired and, you to, to do a hidden, uh, do it like well, that? Well, man, so the track, <laughs> the track that I did with Sleep, I mean, that track's like 12 years old or something and I had never put it on a project and I kind of felt like with all the uh just like unrest right now I was like well this would be like good as like a hidden at the end of this like positive thing like like display some reality here you know what I mean so when I went back to it I couldn't find the session 
I it was long gone. Like I could not find it. I must have accidentally deleted it off of my old laptop or something. But I searched for hours multiple times for it because the only mix I had, my verse was super loud on it. So I wasn't going to put out the whole song because my ver- the mix was just garbage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But S- Sleeps wasn't, his was mixed well with it. And I really liked the beat. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to throw <laughs> this verse on there as a hidden verse, not as like a track. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. All right. That makes sense. So that that's kind of why that lined up that way. And actually, what's what's funny is Ace with Ekum and Landon, that originally was supposed to be me sleeping Landon. And sleep was sleeping on the track. So uh, <laughs> I got uh, Ekum on the spot, and he, he wrecked it. Yeah, he did. You know, he, he's, he's a dope spitter for sure, man. All those dudes in Potency, they all have different cadences and styles but they're all like dope, you know, definitely, definitely some New Mexico hip hop you can get into and live when they're all together on stage. That energy is crazy. Shout out to potency. Yeah. First time I saw them perform was at a wake self's, uh, Malala album release party in 2016. And they, uh, they wrecked it. They were on the smaller stage, but dang, they crushed the stage. <laughs> that was the one with uh, yeah, Gift to Gab, Gift and, to Gab Merce. and Merce. Yeah, that show yeah, was I nuts. Was, I, was, I was there. I actually cruised up there with them in the van. <laughs> dang, see, and, their, and I didn't know you then. In their rape so van. I don't think I had met you yet, but we were both there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the first time I had seen Truth 66 play. Oh, they played too, didn't they? That's right. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Those guys are dope. Because they didn't drop their album till a lot later, so they were around. Well, I have... I don't know if it's an... Uh, oh, you know what it was? It is a Wake Self Dom Life album that I got. It has a blue cover. I forgot what it was called. It's kind of like an underground release, I could tell. But man, I have that in my studio. But I feel like they had a true '66, or is that is that new one, or not too new? But is that their only full length album? As far as I know, and I should okay. know that because I've done podcasts <laughs> with both Dom Life and yeah, well, I heard that. <laughs> I I heard that Dom Life one. I. I was like, holy crap, when I heard all of the projects he's done, I was like, wow. Oh, that one guy, was like a history, but we didn't even... got some history and some work in. Like, I did, see, I didn't come back to New Mexico till after, like, all that skull control stuff. And, like, after the scene was bumping in Albuquerque, I came in, like, at the tail end of that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't... My first or my second release back for 222, Death Rare actually opened up for me and i was like who are these guys you know what i mean i didn't know anything about new mexico hip-hop because i moved right before i could learn about it you know i was in other scenes so it took me a while to get my name even noticed here <laughs> yeah no i i can't you know i'm coming from santa fe 
no one really respected the Santa Fe hip hop scene because it, I mean, Albuquerque was just killing it and Santa Fe never really got anything t- together. Uh, I mean, there were some good artists, but as a scene, it never really uh, came yeah. together very well. <clears throat> it's kind of an odd, odd, you know, Santa Fe doesn't really have that urban vibe. <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of always been an uphill battle uh, yeah. with our crew. I mean, that's kind but, of... but that's why we formed the crew because we're like, you know yeah. what? We can unify this scene. Uh, we can do yeah. something. And I feel you like guys... we actually did a good job. Yeah. Surprise. You, you uh, definitely like, have. The odds were like... against us, but it worked out pretty well until COVID. <laughs> yeah. All of the Boom Bat Brew Tap shows that I've been to or rocked at, like, those were awesome. I was like, this is like, what's cool is like, you had like the artist corner, you know, with different artists who weren't necessarily musicians. You'd have like the live painting going on. There was breakers there. Like, I felt like the culture was heavy at those shows. And that's, for me, that's what makes shows fun. You know, I could be rocking to a big old venue with thousands of people, but like, if the culture is not really there, it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. You know, there's, the positivity, the positivity at Boom Bat Brew Tap is is pretty awesome. Well, like there, there may be like thirty people there, but they're there and showing love like hard. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I kind of built it off of just like playing shows at Burt's and like observing the Albuquerque scene and being like, why don't we do any of this? Like, who's good? like I was telling you earlier about the, I took it upon myself to be a promoter because someone needed to. <laughs> It was yeah. like that. I was going to the shows in Albuquerque and seeing, like, and and this is even after the heyday, but I would still I was still around a little bit for like old Burt's. I got a few shows in there and we used to go see acts and and stuff and just see how they would have live painters and just a whole culture and people working together doing stuff and pop up yeah. markets and all that and so that was kind of me like, how do I do that in santa fe so in a way like i i took a lot of inspiration from the albuquerque world um when i was yeah put it when i was taking on event planning for me it was like it it just kind of happened to me i like i've always been like i'm not a promoter (laughs) i'm just helping you guys because you're coming through here type thing you know what i mean because i had met so many people in my career and when i came to taos when they were coming through new mexico all these people who knew I was in New Mexico now were hitting me up to see if there were venues. And I was like, I can link you up or more like I'm the only one here who can link you up. So it started like I started after my shows, people saw I was playing here and like the venues and stuff. So like artists were hitting me up. I think one of the first ones I booked was Sadat X, Quell and Maker and El Desense. And that was in like a, dive bar which they don't book hip hop anymore (laughs) that was a pain in the butt but that was because quell was coming through and i was like yeah i can put you guys up and give you this guarantee whatever and then carnage was hitting me up and then i started getting hit up by everybody who was coming through and then after that taos mesa brewing was just like you want to deal with these bigger shows you know or harlan would uh link me up with artists because he didn't want to deal with the headache or whatever. He's too busy. Right. Yeah. He's another, you, you two are the promoters I've always worked with, uh, for Taos. It's, yeah. It's either 
Oh, is it Harlan or Nate? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think Harlan's really doing it anymore. I think. I think I was his scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think anyone's doing it right now, really. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm but willing to go back like, to it though. I haven't. I wondered, you know, like I wonder when everything opens up if I'm not going to do it anymore. But he was doing less and less and less, and out here it's discouraging because it's like you're losing money. But I finally found a good in with the brewery. I'm actually doing maintenance for them right now, which is not a lot of work. But like, I I am much closer with the owners and stuff. And before that, like I had finally they finally started helping me pay the artists I was bringing in, which was like a huge like weight off my shoulder. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? To have a bit of a budget. These, yeah, you give these artists guarantees, and then no one shows up. It's like kicking the nuts. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. But that, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that last show I did with carnage and true, true and the crew, <laughs> but, uh, they had Zion I and casual and I had brought carnage. I think, did you guys play that show? You had land, you had Landon too. No, uh, the last show I ever I've ever played was was in Taos with y- you and uh, uh, I think it was Slap Frost. Uh, oh yeah, that I remember that last show. <laughs> that was my last show, and then uh, yeah. we, we were gonna have that Brutat Boom Bap like a little bit after, but the day of that show is when they shut down the state. Yeah, the one the Slap Frost and they came before that that Halloween show. That was there was a lot of people at that show. That was oh yeah, I remember was, seeing that online. But I didn't go. That was a good night for hip hop and Taos for sure. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I don't, the that, old that the was heyday. <laughs> Pre-COVID era. Yeah. PCE. Well, I was talking to Landon the other day. He said that agents are starting to get now that vaccines are being distributed. They're starting to plan things so looks like stuff might start kicking off here in the future near future i'm just we'll holding see. steady i'm like all right well, <laughs> i know i'm not gonna get it way into doing any events until i'm confident that it's actually oh gonna yeah happen yeah no yeah that's not promoters like us aren't jumping into that i'm like no, i'm gonna it. make sure it's gonna work <laughs> yeah people I'm... who make a living and run companies doing it are the only people gonna be doing that right now <laughs> well it's just a bad luck uh look too if you're uh pushing a show right now it's just like yeah it's like yeah well i mean a lot in, of new, in just... new mexico you know you go to the east coast where they're a lot more lenient with all this stuff and like the mandates aren't as hard it, it seems to affect people's psyche a lot less so like to them they're just all out there partying and stuff like nothing's going on (laughs) it's crazy but it's wild man yeah um i mean i i i totally understand it all you know my lady's my lady's dad is he's super susceptible to to this shit like if he gets it he'll die (laughs) so yeah, so. so we got we got to be careful, but uh, I don't I don't really I was always pretty antisocial for the most part without shows, so that's kind of the only thing that changed for me. And my job doesn't require me to be around a lot of people, so that's nice. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to someday 
you know, going back to the shows and doing all the stuff we were doing. But yeah, I, I just try not to think about it yeah. too heavy, you know. Cause... Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. You know, this this year hasn't been that bad for me. I mean, those tours got canceled, which were awesome tours, but they really just got pushed back. So they're still going to happen, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it's but, still, on um, the, still on the horizon, yeah, hopefully. Still on the table. But it, it's looking closer, you know. At least I feel like it is. <laughs> I don't know if anything's really changed. Yeah. But, I mean, no, it's no. given me time. It's given me time. I think it's given a lot of us time to self-reflect and be like, who the hell am I? You know what I mean? Because we never had time to do that. That's so, true. A lot of, and, a lot of and you know, are for making me, drastic changes in the way they think and feel. For me, it's awesome because I started the whole battling thing and it – and that really made me have to step up my production game and like get some new techniques going and like, like push myself to progress more. So in a way it's been really good for me. Yeah. Let's talk artistically. about, let's talk about the battling uh, situation a bit. What, what kind of, what, well, it just what got kind that of like, um, I don't know. It's something I've, I've been doing for a long time, but it's been, like it was like little bit and little bit and little bit. Um, it was nice coming here and and going to the beat pad beat battles that you guys were throwing in Santa Fe. Like that was kind of really inspiring. And then I started doing competitions online and because of COVID, you know, I was like, I need to like make money or like get gear or something. So that was my driving force for that. So I started kind of doing that and then and then I was like there has to be like a place where I can be doing this constantly like there has to be like if I'm this hungry for it there's other producers out there. So that's that's like well I guess it kind of started with Tracklib too cuz they do monthly battles so I've been entering those mm-hmm. and I won I won that Scott Storch beat battle which was cool as hell. I thought I was going to place, but I didn't think I was going to get first. So when I did, I was like pumped about that. And then after that, I started really researching stuff. I was like, man, if I'm good enough to win an international battle, I should be like pushing myself to battle like some of the best people doing it right now. So that's that's when I found Battle of the Beatmakers or World Beat Battle. And that that has changed I mean, it hasn't changed my production style, but it made it grow. You know what I mean? Like, I can intentionally create these, like, hype, big, boomy tracks, like, without having to work at it. Like, it's super easy now. And Or I could go, like, smooth soul R&B and everywhere in between. So it's it's definitely just expanded my horizon and taught me a lot of techniques. And, like, battling with those guys is crazy, man. Like... A few, like a few battles ago, I called out the ten-time champion, <laughs> uh, Lincoln A. Crux. He's crazy good, man. He's so good. So I was that was kind of like I'm gonna run into this guy eventually. I want it to be in the first round so I can at least like have a decent shot at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he pretty much stomped me. <laughs> I did pretty good with my second beat, but we didn't even go to a third round. So, but like those guys, 
those guys are really good. They're like the best producers to do it right now or battle producers anyway, I should say, because it's very different. Like the battle style and like normal production is very different. There's a lot of drops, a lot of fills. It's like every four bars, something's changing dramatically. And it's it's for people with short attention spans. You know, the beats are a minute long. It's it is dope, though, like like with that that one tough puppy two album that I just dropped, what I did is I just, those beats, I pretty much doubled them so that they'd be a little longer because they're so short. Like that album would have been 15 minutes if I (laughs) didn't do that. Yeah. I was noticing that, but, but I mean, that's, you don't need to fill in when you're making a beat for a rapper. Yeah. You you need space for the vocalist. Exactly. Yeah. And and when that's not going to be an issue, then you can do a lot more with those frequencies. You're doing all those vocal cadences with other instruments and stuff. And like you're doing tape stop effects and just like drum fills and like it's it it gets crazy, man. But it it's it's like exercise. When you're producing those tracks, you're like exercising your skills as a producer. So like when it does go back to be like, let me produce some chill boom bap, like the control you feel is like it's awesome. Like just this last year, my, I thought I was at a point where progression wasn't going to take off very much. And then when I started doing that, it was just losing was inspiring, you know, like I've made it to the top of some of these, like some of these competitions I've been in like the top five, the top 16, top eight, you know, out of like thousands of producers. So like it, it's really inspiring to like lose, to someone who just is amazing because you're like i need to get better oh yeah for sure man um so i mean i mean i don't know if a lot of people are affected that way by taking an l but i am (laughs) that's the way to do it i mean otherwise you're just gonna like what yeah give up that's not what hip-hop's about it's about competition it's part of the dna another thing is being able to like be on the platform with these guys it gets your name out there like there's lots of rappers watching these battles and like a lot of industry heads like when they get judges for these battles they're like top of the industry producers so it so it gets your name out into the industry a little bit too so like like i've had a couple people asking me for beats and just off these battles or like tons of producers following me after these battles and stuff on social media. So like it, it definitely promotes my brand as a hip hop artist in general. So that's good, especially because I, I do play a lot of live beats on my MPC live at live shows. So it, it, it's kind of a showcase and it gives me the opportunity to win prizes, gear, money, whatever, you know? So. Yeah. I really rep in New Mexico. Yeah, I love it, man, and I will continue to do it as long as I can. <laughs> you know. Well, that's cool. And so, so that's kind I'll of a sorry. Go ahead. Continue touring and all that other stuff too. I'm trying to cram it all in and get get everything, get the money for the work. Really, like for anyone listening who's an artist or a musician, if you're not registered to a pro like do it get your streaming royalties get them (laughs) 
that's that's where most of the money in music is especially for independent musicians who aren't selling millions of albums you know right right uh yeah i mean you used to be able to sell merch at your merch table that was a good way to make money but that's not really a thing yeah yeah like (laughs) i sitting on merch that i've just been staring at for a year like uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I feel like I took a, a huge hit with Fresh Air without being able to tour for it because that's how I promote albums and sell albums, you know, is through the tours for those albums. And that's what I was going to be promoting in the fall with the two tours I was going on with Landon and the tour with Carnage, but they fell through. <laughs> yeah. On a side note, though, I was added to Hecatone's roster, which is the collective that Carnage the Executioner started about probably 15, 16 years ago. Like when I was rock rocking in Minneapolis with those guys, Hecatome was already around, you know? And then many, many years later, like our friendship just kind of grew out of nowhere from like me booking him and us playing shows together I flew out to Minneapolis to play a show for him that he was doing out there. And we've just, we've just gotten closer. And I think like, I finally, he was talking about putting me on Hecatome and I kind of bugged in his ear and thought about it for a while. And then eventually it just happened. And that, that's cool, man. That collective's really dope. I'm really psyched to be pumped and part of that, you know, just Wolf is on there. Teyamo Denku, Bofat, Dispute One. Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> there's there's a lot of artists on that collection. So in that collective, so it's dope being able to work with them, and they're spread out all over the U.S. too now. So I have like inns and venues and like places to stay on tour. You know, just sitting on those contacts until you can use them again. Yeah, well, you know, I wish I wish we were all kind of closer <laughs> so we could do kind of like what OCC is doing. You know what I mean? Like rock showcases with like everyone's stuff. But we're all spread out. Maybe there'll be a f- tour in the future. You should get Carnage on one of these podcasts. And <laughs> Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, I would definitely contact him. He would be down. He's one of those dudes who's like, culture heavy really good guy who oh, talk yeah. your ear off he's got dope concepts and quite the career yeah i should hit him up that's the thing is this podcast was designed to be an in-person situation where people would come to my studio and we'd hang out and, yeah and then so with covid i've been doing these phone uh, interviews but really what i'm keep realizing is like now i have so much more access i could talk to a lot you know, the person doesn't have to be yeah. in Santa Fe, in yeah. my in my studio, um, which so, is cool. So it's opened my mind to like, oh wow, I wonder who I could, you know, who should yeah. I, who should I talk to now? That's changed everything. Because <laughs> uh, you're in Taos right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm you're in my you're in my Earth. lady's Earthship. <laughs> oh, nice! You're in an Earthship right now. Yeah. Yep. That's so Taos, just... bro. They just bumped up our solar system too, so we got a new fridge. <laughs> Sick, man, living good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, do you want to play uh, another track? We got 
something with uh, Natural Larceny, maybe? Yeah, let's. This is Your Role by Natural Larceny. This is on our upcoming full length album. Natural Larceny off our upcoming album. If you haven't checked out Lures and Bait, our last album, it's on Spotify. Just search Natural Larceny, N-A-T-R-U-L-L-A-R-C-E-N-Y. Yeah, me and Midnight, a.k.a. The Naturalist from Potency. He's 
man, our, our story is kind of weird. <laughs> so I met him through potency, obviously, but it was while we were working on the Robo Crayola album, which is the first one was, is pretty much potency members and me rapping over my production there. I think listen might've produced a track. Yeah. Listen produced a track on there as well. But for the majority, it was on my production and we were hanging out. This was before I really got settled into the scene here in New Mexico. And it was just like fun in the studio type thing, you know, that is a really good album. But anyway, the first song I did with Midnight or AKA The Naturalist on the side for one of my projects, it like blew, it like blew up. So uh, like we were number one on the underground hip hop on SoundCloud for like two or three months. So um, after that, we were like, well, maybe we should keep working together, you know? And uh, so we, kept working on tracks together like here and there for many years, probably like three or four years. And, and probably about maybe a couple of years we were like, all right, well, we're, we have a group. We're pretty much a duo. Like it's me and you who are really working a lot. So we had to do something with all the material, you know? And, um, like we just click well, our chemistry, together on music just clicks well um we have the same birthday hmm. actually me me him and Ekam actually all have the same birthday really but um but yeah we just clicked and like i always enjoyed our music and when we were finally like we need to put out an album man we got like 30 30 to 40 tracks here that are like good so we filtered through those and got our favorite ones. And that's what we dropped on lures and bait. Like we cut more than half, way more than half of the tracks that are on that album, oh, which, which maybe one day we'll put out like a B side for lures and bait or something like that. You know what I mean? Like Deluxe the cut edition. Tracks. Yeah. Maybe double <laughs> disc, <laughs> but, um, that's crazy. You guys all have the same birthday. Yeah. Me, KOS, and DJ Way Funky have the same birthday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Triple parties. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that kind of describes mine and Midnight's backgrounds. You know, we just, we really collaborate well, and we're good at giving each other constructive criticism. Like, he's like my brother, man. We're, we, we freaking we rock out on some jams for sure. Yeah. I definitely listened to that album over and over again. I still have parking lot. That's one of my favorite tracks. You know, one of the things with me and him, like, is we can talk about a song be like for two hours before we start writing it. You know what I mean? We're really good at trying to dial in exactly what we're trying to do with every song that we create. So I think, I think that's cool because I don't have that with a lot of artists that I work with where it's like you have this connection where it's like you can discuss subject matter in detail and like really try and plan something out. Like it's hard to find people that you can brainstorm with who think alike. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Or want to go the same direction. And we're both, we're both like, 
90s heads were both golden era heads so like that heavy boom bap just it just fits well with us both of us yeah, shout out to the naturalists <laughs> yeah shout out yeah. to potency shout out to landon shout out to carnage the executioner shout out to hecatome outstanding citizens of course man i could keep going <laughs> defy man there's there's some great new mexico hip-hop and shout out to benny browncoat i see him dropping those beats yeah he's i think he's got a a, a rap album coming out too like nice yeah he's he's one of those dudes who's like when you're around him you're like this guy lives this culture you know what i mean like you can he's got it in him i people like that i just i click with <laughs> yeah actually he's Me he and i have our first uh no well he was on that art of war track that fred ben stone put out <laughs> did you hear that one it's got like yeah tons yeah of MCs on it. that was like yeah. my uh, my the first time i was on a track with like five other five of those rappers but so i guess i'm gonna do my second track with benny he just sent me his verse recently uh for a track yeah. on my next record which i'm yeah, excited we, about he killed it i told him about it the next morning he sent it to me like <laughs> that's those are the people you got to work with it, right? yeah that's how Danku is Teyamo Danku. That guy just cranks music out. He's putting out like an album every week, <laughs> or it seems like it. Yeah, that I've been watching crazy. that guy too. Like, what the hell is this guy on? Like, this yeah, guy well, well, Bofa, Bofa, he's that way too. His producer's that way too. So it's like they're gonna be dropping mad material. You know what I mean? It's a, it's it's cool, man. Like, and. I'm I'm excited to work with those guys more. Like I have a track that hasn't been released yet with Teamo Denku and Katana the Don. And nice. it's called Chupacabra. That song is so sick, but it's not out yet. So we'll we'll see when that drops. I kind of sent Carnage sent it to Carnage's way because I was hoping it could get on like a Hecatome Collective album or something. We'll see. That'd be dope. <clears throat> yeah, actually flows on that he did the cuts on nice. that track too. but um yeah Sweet, yeah man. benny though back to benny i was i i kind of was chatting with him one night and then i just like in my studio i have no service so i wasn't into like having a phone call and stuff but i need to hit him up and actually talk to him because i want to work with him on something i feel like me and him could knock something out that's that sounds big oh yeah he's super talented guy yeah he actually he sent me his verse and i was like man do i need to rework my verse <laughs> like it's one of those where i'm like dang he really put paid attention like like the the inner rhymes and stuff i'm like dang that's a that's a well-woven verse maybe i yeah. maybe i need to tighten mine up <laughs> still haven't decided follow me on instagram nate N-E-I-G-H-T underscore Larson, L-A-R-C-E-N. Um, I will be actually starting an Instagram beat store here pretty soon, or a directory to a beat store pretty much, but a page for it. So if you're interested in buying beats, um, I'll be throwing up links for that and stuff. Uh, check me out on bandcamp.com. I got a pretty large discography there. Um, let's see. Yeah, check out Natural Larceny on different platforms. 
Um, I'll be battling every every once in a while on Thursday nights on Twitch with World Beat Battle, aka Battle of the Beatmakers. It's those man. Even if you're going to like support me, you're you're gonna be blown away by all of these producers. All of them are just like top-notch crazy producers so yeah keep 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 an eye out i'll be dropping uncharted gesso pretty soon which is an album over everyone's production everyone else's production not mine (laughs) and um i got another one called cooked from scratch which is completely sample free that i'm working on right now and so far what i have for that is pretty awesome so yeah just keep your ear out yeah sweet man you want to uh well thanks for coming in (laughs) that's what i used to say i guess you didn't come in thanks for uh taking my call yeah man thank you yeah i appreciate you being on the show um do you want to close out with another track uh yeah this this tracks off of my new beat battle album called the big sob aka one tough puppy two um it's from a collection of just beat battle tracks that have gotten me high placement and wins in battle tournaments but this track's called boomstick boomstick 